What's up, guys? Welcome back to Turin Giants Podcast. This is episode number 152. My name is Farhad. I'm the host that loves you most. Let's just get the business out of the way because we've got a very tight, uh, tight schedule to follow today. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can follow us anywhere on social media, either at Turin Giants or at Turin Giants Podcast. That's Instagram and Twitter, and check out our merchandise at TurinGiants.com. So today we wanted to dedicate um, the episode to two things, which is, you know, we're going to dissect the first actual, you know, more or less competitive game with Pirlo in charge against Roma that happened yesterday, and we'll be taking your uh, questions and answering them. So today will be kind of a condensed version of the podcast. Let's see how that works. I think I think the the game gave us so much to talk about, so we'll just touch on that. I'm joined by my powerful and handsome hosts, who are Giovanni and Sam. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. What's up? How are we feeling after that game? Two two draw, first points dropped. Thoughts? Well, d- points mean, dropped. Maybe one point game. Exactly. Who's, go, who's going first here, boys? Who's going first here? We got a, we got a, we got a lot. We got a lot. To, we got a lot to get to. I know, but who's uh, who's uh, who's uh, who's who's feeling more passionate about this? About the first points dropped of the season? Uh, well, I don't. Cons- I'll, I'll just say a couple words. I don't consider them dropped points. Uh, I consider them that we took away two points from a rival at their home, and you know, Rome is not a. Uh, but from what we saw, it's a pretty pretty strong team, and I I really like the way their coach. Um, kind of had our had our number and it was an interesting game and I'm here for I'm 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 all here for difficult games and and you know kind of like um not basically the last few years we've, we've gotten used to winning and now with a new coach I'm ready for the intrigue and I'm ready for uh wins and draws from behind if you know what I mean it's, it's just you know one of the one of the things I'm looking forward to Indefinitely, it's been it's been a really it's been a really easy ten years overall. There have obviously been ups and downs, and you know there have been exciting games here and there. But I think it's safe to say that um, we probably expect this year to be a little bit more difficult overall, just in the fact that on the basis of the fact that we have a new manager and um, he's, as we keep mentioning, an inexperienced one. And anytime you have a change like that, as clubs around you are strengthening, it's always going to get more competitive. That's you know, that's what we're seeing with Inter, Atalanta now. Lazio gave us a bit of a challenge, although they did tail off last year. But overall, I think it's fair to say that there is a fair level of competition that didn't exist maybe eight years ago, kind of in the first couple of years of this current title run. But, um, you know, th- th- there's definitely, there's definitely a, a, few, a, few, uh, a few kind of growing pains that we're going to have to go through. And there's, there is some stuff that we could take and learn from this game. Um, Farhad, you mentioned that Roma are a rival. Yeah, in some ways they are. Um, but at the end of the day, we don't expect them to challenge for the title. And um, I, I, I always thought this game was going to be difficult. But it is, it is still a game that we were on paper favored in. And it, uh, you know, it, it, uh, we were definitely left exposed a couple of times. Um, so, yeah, um, I think so, I think so who do you consider our some... direct rivals this year? I mean, we I don't think we've ever touched on who will who will kind of battle us for the second place or first place. 
definitely yeah well definitely Inter and Atalanta I think who finished second and third last year I don't think Lazio are going to be able to keep it up I don't think Milan are going to be able to keep it up um although I think they'll both be challenging teams and then Napoli can always make things interesting but I don't think it'll be between any teams other than Inter Atalanta and Juve uh so you know there are a lot of good teams in the league now we have to win those games but of course, as you said, this was the first real challenge under Pirlo. And he's, he's going to have a lot to learn too, right? You know, Rabiot getting a yellow card in the first half and him summing out McKennie instead of Rabiot might have, you know, he, he, he might have done a little better to, to, to sub out Rabiot before he got red carded, which kind of turned the tie on its head and uh, made us chase the game. So, uh, Joel, what do, you, uh, what do you think? What do you think after, after, uh, after the 2-2 result, man? What, what are your kind of thoughts? I know you had a whole stream of consciousness that you were sharing during, that you shared with us in private. Yeah, you, yeah. Uh, we're taking just, during the match. Yeah, just so, like, I think maybe Farhad in, in the past years may have hinted to it, but whenever I watch matches, like, I, I like to watch them by myself in the basement. I pause, I stop it, I, I keep watching. It's like, I'm like a little bit like Rain Man when I, when I watch these games because, <laughs> like, I'm looking, like, I'm like, my eyes are like across the entire field. And I'm watching it as much as as from a spectator standpoint, but also trying to like understand, okay, why are we doing this as opposed to something else? Mm-hmm. And so I kind of jotted down notes, you know, ahead of this, call, this, this, this podcast. So, um, look, I, it's one of those games that kind of leaves me, leaves me cautiously, but optimistically curious. And I'll tell mm-hmm. you why. Mm-hmm. It, Roma is a different team than um, than uh, Sampdoria, and we managed. And somehow, even with a thousand fans in the stand, they managed to be just as loud as if there were like eighty thousand people there. Or just as influential, <laughs> just as influential, or yeah, just as influential. Could, you could just hear them yeah. abusing everybody on Juventus. It's just clear as day. At one point, at one point, Jacko. Jekko went on a semi break and pulled Kellini's kit, uh, pulled Kellini's shirt, and and very clearly committed a foul on him. But you know, it looked like Giorgio got up to his old yeah. tricks and uh, and might have, yeah, and he, you know, might might have might have might have uh, might have even merited a red card if he had, you know, if he had been at fault. Right, it would have been kind of like a last ditch play, even though it was at half field. And the Roma fans just went absolutely nuts, even though the replay clearly showed that Jekyll were yelling. The opposite were, were such a big down. They were they losing were, their were minds. Yeah, exactly. They, I, I heard them. They said thieves. Ladri, but anyway, ladri. well, kudos yeah, to those. Yeah, kudos to those thousand fans. Yeah. So um, look, man, it was kind of like a weird situation because right off the bat, I really, I really, th- I really thought it was a very odd lineup. So I'm gonna start yeah. Let's with, talk about the lineup. So looking at the oh, lineup, four four two change no, of uh, change oh formation, God, guys. Right. If we if we go back to talking about the numbers and position, Giovanni is holding his head. I will, I my head will explode. No, but, it's worth pointing out, but it's worth pointing yeah. out. It's worth pointing out that the, the, you know there was a, on paper there was a change of formation. We played with two center halves rather than three. No. Uh, yeah, it's worth pointing. It's worth pointing out. No, just because. Look, let me tell you this: whoever they hire, they must be they must be using an intern at Juventus social media, because the, the formation that was listed on Twitter or on social media did not match the formation and the positioning that I saw on TV. 
So, However, just, so for us to even like go and start talking about 442 and all that, I think it's bullshit and I don't think we should waste time on it. I'll be 100% honest. If you guys want to go about it, then cool. But I, because if you look at the TV and, and you rewatch the match, it's fluid. Everything. It's very fluid. Danilo isn't playing like a traditional right back. He tucks in a little bit like a center half, much like last week. But then who does that leave as the right, as the guy covering the right flank? Well, it's Kluzhevsky. And yeah, exactly. Well, the that's, only change that's a bit odd. from last week where Cuadrado on the left, which to me is diabolical as a choice. Like, I don't understand it. I do, I do not. Well, he's a wide and, man, right? He's a wide man and it was worth an attempt. He, he's more experienced he's than... A, he's a right-footed guy. Bosa. And yeah, the point is... So is the Shilio, so right? But the Shilio didn't start last week. Frabotta started, and he's the left... Fra, let me tell you this, before, because now we're just jumping a little bit too much. Perhaps. Why don't we... I'll, you right. know, I'll leave the floor to you. Give a couple of your, 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 your thoughts from the game. Yeah, to me, the formation... Much more salient than, than me. The kind formation of was just wrong. Right. I think the... For, no, I, no, I forget. Sorry, I said formation. You meant you lineup. You meant lineup. I mean, not you meant lineup. Um, to, no, the, the lineup was just, to me, was incorrect. To me, the lineup was incorrect. Cuadrado on the left should not have been on the left. Dropping Kulusevsky to to the right, you know, full up and down wing was not correct either. And I don't think you should have started Morata. So I'm going to start with that. And because because that, you don't think Morata was quite no, ready? No, right? no, absolutely not. No way. No way. No way. No I was way. surprised also. Um, and also was. because... A lot of people were. Yeah, and, and also because you, you you tested out one team against Sampdoria. And sure, Sampdoria is, you know, is, is an easier team on paper, right? You, I would have kept the same lineup just even just to start. If, if it doesn't go well, then at that point you're like, okay, it doesn't go well. Let's see where you can tweak it. But you, what, but why, why do you put one Cuadrado? who's a righty on the left-hand side to run up and down and ideally cross the ball in. He did not put in one cross decently because he had to cut back on his right foot and that lost a ton of time and it allowed the defenders to go back and mark him up and it prevented the runs from being done speedily. If you have a left, a natural lefty, the crosses come in better so to me right there just you're just taking away an advantage that should have been there right if anything if anything put Kulusevsky who's a lefty out on the left the point isn't for them to cut back in and shoot because not neither of them did that yesterday Kulusevsky I think maybe one shot he had Cuadrado I think zero so to me right there you're just with, with putting Ronaldo and Morata up front, you're denying them of crosses or you're, you're, limiting, you're limiting it, right? So in the, that's, in the end, it took, to, it took a cross from Danilo to, to yeah, get Yeah, I was the, just going to say, to be uh, fair, the cross got us the goal. You know, but, but it was from Danilo, who is, who is traditionally... Danilo, yeah, but Danilo played in the position he played last week and he, play, he, he played very well. I'm talking about the two the two players that are supposed to be those wings up and down, Kuluzevsky and Cuadrado. Okay, so because you decided to start Morata, the two up front were Morata and Ronaldo with Ramsey in the hole. 
And so you put Kulusevsky to run up and down the field. Like, I just again to me the the he's lineup. Ex- he's experimenting. Was wrong. He's experimenting. But, yeah. He's experimenting. How the fuck you go experiment when you're traveling to Rome to go play? Like at, at a certain point, right? Like again, he's second game. I'm not throwing. Let me say this very clearly. I am not throwing Pirlo under the bus. I don't. Think it was a huge draw. It wouldn't be time to. It's, you know, it's, not, it's definitely not time to, to turn I, the panic up to yes. 10, right? And remember, the balance, the fine balance of a football game is, is just that. It's a fine balance sometimes. So one thing tipping the scale like a red card can really throw a team for a loop. So the fact we got a result when we were losing 2-1, I think can be seen as a positive where, you know, a lot of other times we might have come back and, and won the game 4-2, right? Yeah, but I also have a point on that red card, okay? So, and, and, and you know, just to kind of kind of close the whole lineup thing, as much as we saw errors um, in the starting lineup, I saw one mistake as part of like the changes that eventually kind of helped a little bit in the second half. But one major, major, I will call rookie mistake from a rookie coach is you have Rabion on a yellow and he's literally the only guy that in the field is moving and chasing and trying to break up the play because McKenney was mech mediocre yesterday. Let's be, to be honest. And you, you know, chances are with how much, how fast Roma is restarting to play on counterattacks. The chances of him getting another yellow were, were, were astronomical. Why do you go and make the substitution and you take out McKenney? And you leave Rabiot in there. If anything, you have five substitutions. Take both of them out. Benton, Arthur, boom, go away. Could also or, be. It could also be that he had an idea of of what he wanted to do, what subs he wanted to make further on in the match, and maybe he spoke to Rabiot at halftime and said, "Listen, you got to be calm. Do you think can you manage the load?" And Rabiot maybe said yes, but then in pra- you know in practice when. When, when you're trying to win a ball, shit happens, right? It could be, you know, so, so in retrospect, yeah, maybe a rookie mistake. Might it, you know, might it have been not quite as simple as a lot of people are implying where he didn't realize that a player on the field was on a yellow? Of course he realized, right? He's not an idiot. Like, Pirlo obviously knew that, that one of his players, the guy he was leaving on, was already, was already you know, a, 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 a warning away from being sent off. But we don't know if they had a conversation, if... And, and again, I hear, I hear you because I agree with you. I end of the day, retrospect was probably the wrong call, but um, guys, let's be honest you know. here, right? Let's we're all very sensible, smart football watchers. I don't, I would never define any of us as you know crackpot fans. Pirlo made a mistake, and we have to be fair in judging him on that mistake. I'm not saying again. Not throwing him under the ball, but that was a pedestrian mistake. You 100% take Rabio out when he's on a yellow. You, that's it. And if you wanted to just um, tear up your two midfield substitutions, then leave McKenney in, take Rabio out, and then in five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever it is, take McKenney out as well. But do not favor the guy that's not on the yellow as opposed to Rabio that's on a yellow. That is a pedestrian mistake. I don't care if your name is Pirlo or if your name is 
uh, Dino Dolph or whoever, Pep Guardiola. And the the thing is, it wasn't his first foul after he got the yellow. He was actively trying to get a yellow, which which I don't understand. It's it's like, it's like yesterday. No, no, no. It's like yesterday I was watching my Packers beat the Saints. I know it's American football, but I'll be quick. Like the, the guy was holding on to Lazard's hand. And even the commentators was like, what is he thinking? That's, that's the easiest call in the world. Same thing with Rabiot, a professional soccer player. And you're on a yellow. You know that you will get sent off. So, so why do you do that? I, I, you're trying I don't to win understand a ball. that foul. It happens. Nah, you're trying to win a ball. There's... But when you're playing the game, when you're playing the game, like you, you can't not play the game because you're on a yellow, right? You have to yeah, sort manage it. But, you know, Sam. you know, it's it's you it, probably should have been taken. You were out, just right? agreeing as with long me. As you're in there. What's up? No, I'm were, agree- you- I, I'm saying that that Pirlo should have made the substitution. But to your comment that oh he was looking for a yellow, I don't I agree you. with that. You got to play it. And here's the thing, let's and I'll be honest because I've seen a lot of people like bashing Rabio on in Italian media and, bah. you know, a little bit on the Twitter, 100%. Take, go back and watch the game. Rabiot, outside of the two mistakes, they're huge mistakes, and he should be, you know, he should be critiqued for that. There's, why, like his, why stand up your arm inside the box? Be smarter, my boy. It's unconscious, right? So obviously that, that, that led to the first penalty, and, which uh, and, led, us, led to us going down one even, nil. But. Even before that, the, pe- the 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 biggest mistake that then led to the shot that then got the handball for the penalty he 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 like blindly back kicked it yep. instead of instead of maybe trying to control it and clearing it right that's that's like a, that's a rookie cardinal mistake but as outside of these massive mistakes right they're massive mistakes we can't deny that to me, he was the best, the, 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 one of the better midfielders yesterday. He was going, he was all over the place trying to hold on ball. And he's been doing a fantastic job of holding on to the ball and trying to recycle and trying to feed the passes. Again, he's not a playmaker, so he's, he's lacking in certain areas. But he did a, certainly a way better job than McKinney, who yesterday was really mediocre. I can maybe forgive him on the mediocrity when it comes to play building, right? But I cannot forgive him in terms of being, you know, of that like, you know, that 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 the 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 defense that he was supposed to play. Well, bear in mind there were three midfielders on the pitch, um, three central midfielders on the pitch. Ramsey also didn't do much to recover. Um, which he, which is something he probably struggles with. I think he he's definitely a player that plays more like as a number ten, as a trequartista. While you know, obviously McKenny's job is to recover balls, but he can't do it all on his own. No player can, right? I think McKenny had the worst game. I thought, I, I know. you know, he's he's obviously still adapting to a new league. First showing last week was very strong, and he's a guy who, who isn't going to be meant to do it all on his own. He's going to be a guy who's meant to recover balls. And I got to say, it would it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been uh, it wouldn't have been that. Um, I wouldn't have been opposed to seeing McKenny actually, and it'll it'll happen at some point. But I wouldn't have been opposed to seeing him and Arthur play together. Uh, let's Arthur had a good game. I liked him a lot. The real um, as as a guy who kind of had a little bit more responsibility following the sending off. I think he was very instrumental in us 
having anything at all going forward. Because bear in mind, uh, when, when Rabio got the red card, when Rabio got the red card, we were down a goal. So it was, uh, you know, it was very important. Second goal of the game, three goals and two games for him. Positives, right? Resilience. Um, and, and, we, and we did steal a point, as Farhad said early on. So it's, it's one, it's, I think it's, you know, I, I think it's something that we're going to have to, that we're going to have to look at. you got to look, look to not really or look, or looking flying out of the gate. Sure. I mean, if Mkhitaryan's going to give you, Mkhitaryan's going to give you trouble. He had a great game. Their two did as well. Well, I mean, Napoli have a lot of going forward, um, going forward on counters and such. Which, if we maintain a lot of possession, we can reasonably this weekend. So, um, I think over time, over time, as they sorry, sorry, Joe, but I think over time, as they as a sample size of games grows, that they probably will be able to get a better idea of how they play. But they'll also get a better idea of how they're supposed to play. And I, I agree. Uh, yeah, I agree. So. Sure, and, and, and we have to look up at the next match. But let me be honest. Uh, there are, in order to look forward to the next match, we need to be able, and Pirlo needs to be critical and able to look at this match and make the necessary changes, not simply from a roster lineup, but from a tactics lineup. And let me explain why, right? So, again, I agree with you. That I, I'll, I'll throw in my thing. I think Rabiot played well, on, 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 except for the, the two mistakes, but the two mistakes were so big that they overshadowed uh, anything good that he did. Danilo, to me, overall, excellent. And I think he's coming into this sort of hybrid position that Pirlo has created for him. And... I don't think he's going to be, you know, 100% starting. I think once Delict is good, Delict is going to take that spot. But I'm I'm glad to see Danilo evolving into something better than what he's been with Juventus. Well, yeah. he, the, defensively, I, he defensively, I think Spinazzola kind of um, just ha- had his number, you know, shredded him well, a little I, bit. I don't thank, know. thank thank you for bringing that up. I wanted to say. Uh, I mentioned that Mikitarian had a good game. Vertu did as well, obviously, with, with, with the goals. But Mikitarian definitely was instrumental in their counters and such. But one guy who really impressed me was Leonardo Spinazzola, which is a tough pill to swallow as we have Cuadrado playing on the left-hand side and have a kid who no one's really heard of coming through the youth, uh, the youth system. And Pellegrini, who we got in exchange, still hasn't featured for the first team and is you know, back out on loan again. A um, little, little bit upsetting if, we, you know, if, if, we, if we're of the mind that the time is now and we want to win now. Um, that we that we didn't hang on to a guy like Spinazzola, who's pretty much come into his prime now. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't see a ton of him last year at Roma. I know he was able to kind of cement a spot and maintain a spot with the Italian national team at the very least. But from what little I have seen, he has impressed me. Yesterday, great game from him. Um, y- y- yes, he was impressive yesterday, but more so defensively than offensively, because I did look, and every time he took on Danilo, I was like, okay, how many times is... Uh, Spinazzola going to clear one-on-one beat Danilo. And he did it a couple of times, but he over... It was a good, it was a good battle. Ball. It was a good battle. Yeah, but it doesn't... But I, I'll i be honest. I, I, And the head-to-head, Danilo came out on top because no dangerous crosses or shots came out of Spinazzola if mm-hmm. he beat Danilo. 
So, I'll, I'll, you know, you guys can go back and rewatch it if you want. But, I mean, I, that's what I noticed. Another thing that I noticed is Kulzevsky. Cool, and, and I kind of noticed this in the first game. Kulzevsky had a few good moves, and he's an extremely, extremely talented player. His man, that left foot, and he's he's got he's very smart. But the problem with him is that his gameplay is tailored to what he's been doing with Padma, which is a lot of counterattacking football. And yesterday we noticed because there was one clear counterattack where everything was wide open, and he carried the ball in progression. And to me. He looked scary. I, I wish he would have gone solo for a shot, but he, I think he was trying to look for somebody to dish it out to. The problem that I saw yesterday and that I've been noticing over the two games is that the way that Juventus is playing, it's not allowing him enough space to build up that progression and, and that momentum to use his speed and his dribbling. And I think it's kind of stifling him. I In the, in the near future, Pirlo, if he wants... Kulusevsky to start, he's got to figure out a way to take advantage of that. Otherwise, you're just you're 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 driving a Ferrari and in 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 second shift mm-hmm. in second gear. Well, again, the, the, the exact the exact tactical scheme that he uses, I think, might be a little bit. Again, it's it's all novel. It could it could very well change yeah, over yeah. time. You know, we don't we don't even know we don't even know if you know if he likes how Danilo's playing and Delic comes back. He might we might play two center halves, go to a four back, have Danilo plays a right back, and uh, you know maybe 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 um, play with Kulusevski as a traditional right winger, maybe in a four two three one or a four three three. Again, I don't I don't hate to just throw yeah. formations at you, but it's very plausible because I mean over time over time I think we'll we'll get an idea of where he can play. He's obviously a guy who you want. To, to to kind of play like a little bit like Douglas Costa does um, on on the wing, you know what I mean? Just in terms of the fact that he's da- he's dangerous, he's creative, and he's uh, he's tantalizing, right? Yes, for, for, for for any opposing fullback. So um, yeah, so you, early days for him still. Yeah, I agree. And then you brought up Ramsey about some issues with him um, not being a player that backtracks, and I agree with you 100%. Or at least he struggles to, 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 to have a positive impact on backtracking. I think he's more of a guy that behind the forwards, magnifico. First game was, was great, you know, but but, yes, yeah, for sure. And, and that's the thing to me. I think it's a little bit, I think it's a little bit unfair to kind of go and sit and, and kind of, so I, I judge this performance. His performance yesterday was not nearly as good as the one against Sampdoria, but I think out of that like midfield, he's been the one that's been trying to like provide as much creative opportunities to the forwards as possible, right? And I think that's if you were asking him to backtrack and be that added midfielder defending, I don't I, I don't think it's gonna work long term. I think he's you were going to always see the best from him in in that whole position and maybe if you haven't backtracked maximum to the, the middle of the field point but not too much he can't go all the way back and defend and then well, so, may, so maybe that. so so maybe you temper expectations right maybe you play you play you play McKenney with a guy like like Bentancur or like or like Arthur and if you do if you do roll with a 4-2-3-1 maybe Ramsey's your guy in the hole uh with Dybala either going out to the right wing or Dybala's your guy in the hole and Ramsey's on the bench, but he's an option off the bench um, to, to play as a number 10. Correct. So, Correct. you know, again, we will, we will, see, we will see over time and, uh, and, 
there's going to be again like everyone everyone that's ever managed Pirlo has said that he's he he's he understands how games are played I mean just having been at the heart of them literally not just as a player who was was you know at the heart of games but literally in literally in in terms of how he played where he was he was in the middle of the match right he was dictating things for his side he was I mean he would in a lot of ways he would practically just just plant himself on the center of the pitch and he would be like that point in the middle of a clock that lets everything tick so he would see everything all around him he has so much experience in, in observing how games evolve and how games you know are taking place so we haven't really seen him in a situation yet where he's been able to look how a game is going, analyze it, and make an adjustment. Because the one time that he had a challenge in the two games against Roma when he, when he was down 2-1, well, Rabiot got a red card, right? So we still haven't really had a chance to see how, how he'll be able to, 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 to make adjustments mid-game. And from game to game also, but not, we haven't even seen him make a, a crucial adjustment in-game yet. However... I think so. I think he did. You, 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 I think well, I was going to say, you could... You could Say that the subs he made after after Rabiot came off were part of what allowed us to to to, to play, despite the fact we were down to ten men, you know, for a goal. I think one sub helped the most, and that was Arthur. And I can tell you this: the man, the Italian, the the, the Italian league is not easy to kind of jump into. Um, and Arthur has not played for six months, right? He's, he's the new Rabiot in terms of a transfer because he didn't see the field pretty much for six months, just kind of right. like Rabiot did. Right. But both funnily um, enough, both funnily enough, uh, left their 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 pre their previous club on bad terms in order to join Juve. But that's that's a yeah, side point. Yeah, and but with the ten to fifteen minutes that we saw of Arthur, you can tell the guy Loved has it. got good pace on the ball, and he's got. Decent vision. I can't from what from the 15 minutes I saw. I cannot say he's got great vision. Decent vision, and he makes that ball move fast. He's a modern midfielder. He's a modern midfielder. He's dynamic. Right? He's more dynamic than Pjanic. He, he, so he has very good technique on the ball. Very similarly technical on the ball, but again, more dynamic, more agile. Um, yeah, he was very like similar a, turn. You know, kind of if you. Like a Brazilian pianist, yeah. But I mean, you know, you back him into, yeah. So, so what would a Brazilian pianist look like, right? I guess like like a, a guy that plays like pianist, but a little bit more joga bonito, I guess, right? You know, so so he kind of a couple of times he got backed into a corner, and he was able to he was able to play out of the corner very well. But on the pivot, what, what I, sorry, like sorry, what, he's a little quicker of pace. What I really appreciated about him is that when he remember that time he got fouled when he fell on the ball. What what ninety nine percent of the players? What do they do? They grab the ball. They ask for a for a for a free kick and the ref seeing that, hey, the players already has his, uh, you know, has the ball in his hands. Let me give him the free kick. He kept on playing. He kind of trapped it between his legs and sort of kept the game playing, kept the game going mm -hmm. until, until he couldn't anymore. And I really appreciated that little hustle that he, that he showed. In a league where he'll have a lot of time on the ball. Yeah. Um, so, so. Well, Arthur, good change. I think good potential once he gets uh his sea legs. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he's got 90 minutes in his legs yet, but again, I've, I've said it last podcast, the international break is going to be uh, really significant for how Juventus develops tactically and from a conditioning standpoint. Yeah. But oh, well, I, at this point, on. I wouldn't, I would not, um, uh, you know, I would not rule out uh, Arthur starting or, 
playing more during the during the Napoli game. And bef- you know? So we we kind of and before we on wrap the- up on the uh, on the Roma game talk. Yeah, sorry. I was gonna I was gonna say I liked our mentality. Thought we showed good mentality in the second half. Yeah, Juventus absolutely. Juventus never had bad mentality, I think. So I think that's kind of like that's ah. the Juventus DNA. I, so you can, you know, I think one thing Ronaldo doesn't go out and make interviews to say to to for, for anybody or for anything. And you know, yesterday after the game, he's like, hey, you know, yeah, we're still learning. It's it's going to be more competitive, but um, we're going to. Um, you know, we're, 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 we're happy with Pirbo. And he he is- also said, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, the, 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 he said the team is smiling, yeah. right? That's what you were going to yeah. say. Might've been a slight insanity that I just wanted to say, I found that funny. A lot of players have kind of shaded him a little bit. I remember after, after, after Sarri got sacked, I remember uh, among the players that liked the post were Moise Kian, Mario Mandzukic <laughs> and, uh, Emre, and Emre Chan. Um, so obviously those players would have it out for him, but it seems like even in the camp there might have been a little bit of a, a little bit of a distaste for his for his weight, and that's what I mean. But again, the mentality was never an issue for uh, Farhad Giovanni. But 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 I feel like at times last year they might have seemed a little bit dead. Certainly in the month of July, after I mean, dude, I I, I mean it was it was like a play. It was it wasn't that the players lacked lacked any lacked any effort. But well, it was that let me tell you something. They, they, they seem to be very demoralized by 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 what was being you know, imposed on them. When, when like we went through, when we went through a string of bad games with Sari at the helm, which was like these awful losses against Milan. And when we let a, you know, two zero lead go like three times in a row or something like that, you guys remember that stretch that was awful, which just unacceptable as Juve. Um, I mentioned that, you know, comebacks and, and tough and tough games, they usually, they usually depend on the coach a lot because the players sort of want to impress the coach. Well, you know, any of you guys who played on teams, you really do want to impress the coach and you kind of kind of had that person at the head of your organization or of your team. Uh, this will be different. I, I have a feeling this is not the first comeback. I know this wasn't a full comeback, but I, just the mentality playing under, under Pirlo is completely different than playing under someone who's sort of detached from the group like Sadi. I feel like like this this relationship with Pirlo and this was a good result in the long run. This this taught us that hey, the team doesn't give up. He knows how to make adjustments and this only it's his second game. So that was definitely if we're talking about positives, I feel yeah. like this was a positive. Yeah. And I'll say you bring up a very ex Excellent point. You nailed you nailed the the the, the nail on the head dead on. It, honestly, and um, yeah, I mean it's 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 good. This is what we needed, right? Everything else will, can develop. Pirlo will learn as a coach. The team will learn as players under him, and eventually we're going to see hopefully something develop that's really really beautiful. And I think that's ultimately how. But you still, you here's the thing: it's going to be a very competitive league. You cannot, we cannot afford to drop too many points mm-hmm. as we try to build two. We want to be this team that's letting other teams. That's the whole point, you know, because because Napoli, Napoli, and Atalanta, and Milan, and Roma, 
and Lazio and Inter are going to take points off each other all, all through the year. You know, they're going to draw games. That's going to be good for us. But while that's going on, we want to develop a string of, a string of victories against these, these upper tier teams, which we always have. It's what's allowed us to, 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 to win, yeah. to win for as long as we have now. But um, yeah, you know, let, 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 let's see, let's see, uh, let's, let's see, let's see where we're at in a month, yeah. you know, two months before we, uh, before we, before we really uh, freak oh, one, out one over, thing, over a draw. One thing that against, I noticed, you know, that, potentially top six side. One thing I noticed um, yesterday after we got the red card is that it felt like Roma were the ones down to 10 men. I felt like they could have killed the game and that miss, that Jekyll miss, I always go by the rule. That's my mm. dad's rule. If I know it's a terrible translation, but if you, if you don't score, you get scored on. So when, it's just a rule. I mean, it's that that miss was so bad that I just I was just so confident that we're going to come back because it gives the players that little push that hey this was close and um, mm-hmm. you know props to to Chesney he has he had a couple of great stops um, he really did did his best yesterday um, the the one that we, we we need to mention that Bonucci. Uh, f- I don't even know what to call it. Again, with the defending with his ass out, it's just awful. He left the player completely open, and Chesney just kept us in the game thanks to that. No, uh, tough, tough game. Tough game for Bonucci for sure. But, but, but look, in terms of a lot of the newer players coming in, I do think that, I do think that there's, there's going to be, and I'll repeat this until the cows come home, until it's been like, like 10 games, man there's a lot of guys who still need to come into the fray and, 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 and come into it. So, you know, Morata is a great acquisition. I think we can agree on that, but he's also, you know, he's also not fully ready right now. I think we saw that the not fully fit. So we're, this, this isn't, this isn't abnormal right out the gate. Yeah. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. You wanted to say something on the back of what Farhad just said. I agree. Like it's, um, it was a situation. Um, and so to your point before, right, you know, nobody needs to panic. No need to kind of, you know, hit, hit the red button. I, if somebody had told me after the first three games, you will, uh, you will have seven out of nine points, right? We still haven't played against Napoli, but if we beat them, it would be seven out of nine points before the October break with a new coach and a new team and a new style. I would have signed for it. I would say, yes, where do I sign? Give me seven points out of nine. Because it could have gone the complete opposite way. And it's still good. You don't know. You might, you might get kicked in the ass against Napoli at home. It might be another draw. You know, we, we, we don't know that. But so far, I think, I hopefully, you know, we make some adjustments. Joanne, you're ready with the questions, right? Pardon me? You're ready with the questions? Uh, yeah. But uh, so Morata, we can all agree that yesterday was non-existent. He was a ghost on the field. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't know why, in God's name, Pirlo decided to fucking start him, but Jesus. Alvarito. Well, we'll say, yeah. we'll say that again. We'll say that again when he, when he, uh, when he scores his first yeah, goal. But uh, because last week, you guys were just cackling at <laughs> 10 minutes. And I'm like, uh, yeah, it was don't, definitely. Don't suck. He obviously well, sucked. To, to be fair, I did give a disclaimer. I said that I totally, and this is just entertainment. I'm just happy to have him. But starting, you know, minute one, he needs to perform. And definitely yesterday was just a pathetic performance. Mm-hmm. He was 
you know, being bullied again and he's walking around with a, you know, with a puppy face. I just wish he had a little more, you know, killer in him. And hopefully, hopefully playing at home. And now that the supporters are coming back, I'm sure it will be, I'm sure that that will give him a little boost as well. He didn't even have a full game uh, yet, right? I'll be honest. He's not, if if I were the coach, he wouldn't start until we come back third week of October. Yeah, probably. That's fair. I guess it'll depend on whether or not Dybala is fit to go right out the gate. Um, He's not playing against Napoli. That was my like. That was, that was a mistake, and I think Pirlo should not have started him. I think, I think he should not have played him the like the Roma or Napoli game. That's it. But anyways, questions, questions. We got a few. So we've got one from Tommy Sankara El Go with the very creepy avatar picture, but um. Uh, let's see here. Are you more worried about Pirlo's defensive holes during the game or more optimistic with the speed and energy from the team after the red card? So two-part question. Let me, let me tackle the second part. Um, look, the speed and energy come from the fact that Juventus has that Juventus DNA of Fina La Fina. So with, you know, Farhad brought it up. I think the team is going to try their best even when they're in a hole. And I think also it helped that you have Ronaldo who's an, on, you know, he's always going to try to pull something out of his hat. And Arthur coming in really helped. I, re- I really do, do think that. Um, in terms of Pirlo's defensive holes, I am very worried, yes, because I've noticed a pattern, not just in Roma's game, which exacerbated certain issues that were maybe hidden by the enthusiasm um, about the with the game against Sampdoria, but one thing you notice is that we're leaving gaps on the on the sidelines, big time, big time, and all it takes is a few well placed counters, and we're shit out of luck. I that's very that that's 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 a big problem. It's either the counter attack or a quick switch of play, like we got switch. Count- of- Play. We got Once countered. Happens, we we what's we, up? we got countered against Samp as well. Didn't lead to any goals, but exactly. side note worth noting: we yeah. did get countered against Samp. But yes, that or switch of play. Switch of play, right? If you go from one side to the other, where you have I like I noticed a bunch of times, and and Roma did not take advantage of it. Which is to your point, Spinazzola was positioned very, and had they found him, I think he would have been in the prime position to really take advantage of being unmarked. Big problem, big, 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 big problem. So that's something that I've noticed from the tactic. Yes. (laughs) So it should be addressed. Um, I don't know how that gets addressed. I'll be honest. I thought thinking about it. I'm like, well, you know, you keep more. No, I don't. I don't know. That's when that's Um, why uh, when we had when when we had Matuidi on the team, he would usually drop back and kind of wait. Because he's he was complete garbage, you know, offensive wise. So when we when the whole team was waiting for a free kick or a corner kick or something, I remember Matuidi always being there, kind of um, as an insurance. Yeah, but I think it's less of like of you know the counter that we took on the goal, right? I think my my comments were more on like generally like we got counterattacked on and we got spanked. We got to get better at that because otherwise you have a they have a quick counter attack team and 
like against Napoli with the the Nigerian guy Osiman, we, you, we're gonna get spanked. I'll be honest. If we don't, and this Napoli will Napoli will load you if you allow them to to, to do that type of play, they'll load you. So, anyways, um, I just hope to God that I just hope to God that we don't lose to Napoli because I can't take I can't take their Scudetto celebrations in the month of September when they beat us. Like, uh, I mean, it's 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 just. Uh, it's are, next, are we are we yeah so um next that guy is decj how much lenience should pirlo have while trying while trying new formations i know that he's new and there should be patience but playing quadrado on the left side is silly when frabotta did well last game i 100% agree with you with DECJ listener because um, I think I, I think I think I, again I said it before it was diabolical starting Cuadrado on the on the left it was you, you're you're really limiting what he's doing and the amount of um, potential crosses he can produce and I don't know why he didn't start Fabata I think Fabata if if anything start the kid if he sucks after 45 minutes take him out it's not a problem. That's the type of lenience in trying new formations I would give Pirlo. But if you start a formation with something that's obviously poor, forget about it. You know what I mean? But again, I think there needs to be a certain amount of patience with Pirlo through the first uh, international break of the fall. And we need to start seeing how the team kind of progresses and develops as we bring in some of the injured starters, Dybala. Alexandro specifically, I think more importantly than Dybala. And um, yeah, so we'll see. Very good question. Jason Dodd, was yesterday's game an appropriate one to start Murata? How do you feel about Adrian Rabiot? I've seen him being slandered by our fans. Strong word. Um, I feel like he's made big improvements recently and he's been playing well other than his multiple errors yesterday. Same with Danilo at right center back lately. Uh, very good question. Very good observations. Thank you for dropping them, Jason. Um, look, uh, Morata shouldn't have started, so we're not going to kind of beat that dead horse. It, he's he's got to he's yeah he's got to come back to playing like he plays in Italy. Um, but but I imagine if he Rabiot, didn't start. Oh. But imagine the reaction if it didn't start. If, if he didn't start, if he didn't play. Like. I mean, me. I wouldn't have been surprised. I would have been like, okay, makes sense. If people if people are pining for Morata simply because of his past, then you know, because he's new, like yeah, it's 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 it's, it's, uh, it's ignorant. I I think I think, but I think most people have a good sense to to know that it may not have been the best time to start him again. Something was being tried. Something was being tried. And again, Pirlo didn't throw him in blind. Again, he spoke to him. He said, "How do you feel?" What's 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 Alvaro gonna say to his to his ex teammate who's now his coach? He's gonna say, actually, you know, I'm not really feeling it. Fuck no, he's fired up, man. He's juice. He's gonna say, yeah, I'm I'm ready to go. I've had a whole training camp. You know, we were in the Champions League until until like a few weeks ago. My break wasn't too long. I still feel sharp. Obviously, right? It's it's just you know how he how he thought he felt and the reality of the situation, which is that it takes a little while before you're full sharpness. There, there, those are two different things, right? So, you know. Agree. Right. Yeah, but I think again, if I were him, he's not starting until sometime third we'll week of October. 
Let them settle down. Let them, because the way that Atletico play are definitely not the way that Juventus play. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll, but we'll put a pin in that. Rabiot, I agree. I think, I think he played, honestly, I'll be honest. I, 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 I thought he played well yesterday, short of his massive mistakes. And those mistakes were so big that whatever, whatever good equity he bought himself just got lost. Right. So, but I, I, I think he, he shouldn't be slandered by the by by fans. I think they need to really try to observe what what he brings gameplay. I think he brings that dynamic. He's of a box to box, decent, decent passing. So, can he improve on that? I sure hope so. Um, and then Danilo, two games, two very good games. That's all I got to say about him. So good observations. Next questions. Julio G. Going forward, do you think Arthur and Benton would be our starting midfielders? Um, I think we talked about it last podcast. It depends, right? There's a lot of depth. Now. There is a lot of depth of, yeah. of, 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 young, of young, fairly dynamic, creative midfielders. Which is a good thing. That's what you yeah, do. And it, dep- it depends how many mids we play with. Sorry to I, I answer the question for you, but that's what I think. Play with two pure midfielders, it'll be a de- determination of how do you want to run the game. Do you want to run it with McKenny and Rab? Like two guys like McKenny and Rabiot that are just going to be like really tight, not a lot of playmaking ability, or do you want Bentancur and Arthur um, as your two guys? Again, it might be a mix, but I think going forward, in order to support more creativity, because if you only have Ramsey and you don't start Dybala, and Kuluzewski, as I said, is a little bit stifled tactically, I think it, it would behoove us to have one more uh, midfielder that has more playmaking ability. So I would say it's going to be either or at first, and potentially even both. Who knows? But, you know, good question. Next one, Rob V. With Danilo playing this unorthodox, overliking right-sided center back role, and with Bonucci defending like Bambi, could we see the Ligt coming in for Bonucci, Bonucci rather than Danilo when he returns? Obviously, depending on Kilini's fitness too. So, on also paper, could it happen? It, yes, but I'll be honest. It I depends how many backs we play with. Depends how many center halves we have. We got three center halves. Very unlikely if we have two. Maybe there's a case to be made because then you're going to have two big omissions no matter what. In Demiral, uh, Delict, if Bonucci and Chiellini play, reverse that, you got two big omissions, right? So uh, I assume, assuming that Daniele Rugani is not a big omission anymore, right? Let's yeah, we'll, we'll put a pin in that one. The backup of the He's the last guy up. Naturally. But yeah. Uh, ah, that's, that's a tough one. Yeah, so to me, um, so okay, to answer your question, it, it, it depends, right? And I, I don't think it depends as, as much on Killini's fitness. If Killini is fit, he starts all the time because he's the only marking defender that we have, right? So to me, he starts all the time. But I'll tell you this. I think right now in my head, looking at how, looking at how Pirlo has played, I think the licked will be that guy to take over at um, Danilo's spot because Danilo will, sorry, the Ligt will provide more 
you know, defensive help. Um, and you will, you know, but he still has enough skill to be able to like kind of feed the ball. Definitely. And, he's a good on the ball. He's a, he, he's, the Ligt is a bit of a mini Bonucci in, a, in some ways in terms of like the mold, the mold of the player he is, you know, uh, that, in that he, he has a little bit better touch on the ball. Whereas mini, Demidal is a little bit Bonucci. more have, in the shade of Candini. It's a very easy low hanging fruit. Yeah, so. <laughs> in terms of age, but but I mean in terms of the way they play, it's again it's a very easy comparison yeah, to make. I, but, I think I, I can agree you know, with that statement. You know. Um, here's the reason why I don't think Bonucci is going to be the first guy circled to you know get taken out. Pirlo and every single coach, every coach appreciates um, Bonucci's ability to be an additional playmaker. It's so and hard he, to it's so hard to find that anywhere else. Yeah. That, it's why, Pep, it's why Pep wanted him years ago. It's 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 almost irreplicable. Yeah, and 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 I think everybody know. I think everybody knows that Bonucci is a terrible defender. Can we all agree? Not good. I don't know if we could agree on that, but he's definitely not. You know, he's he's he's, he's not the traditional. Bad. How good is he at defending? He could, he could, he could, he could, he could there's so, there's so many variables at play here. Are we going off of center backs or are we going off a of general, the general population? Are we going okay. off of general footballers? Oh my God. Why are you guys complicating this? It's a I'm complex question. In your opinion, Samuel, what, 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 what rank do you give Bonucci at defense? If you imagine him as your little FIFA guy, and you giving him a rating from one to ten. Defense, forget playmaking, forget jumping, forget goal scoring. Defense, one to ten. Go. This is Frankie. Okay. Seven point four. Far half. If if Chiellini is a nine, then Bonucci is a seven point four. One to ten. I, I no don't know scores. any of that FIFA nonsense. I'm just saying he. No rookie scores. You got to give it. You got to give a decimal. You give a round Listen, number to rookie score. One to ten, Bonucci. Your opinion on defense? I'm not. I'm not giving that numeric value. I'm just saying he can and has cost us games. So he didn't answer the question. He didn't answer the question. How Giovanni's losing his mind. He's shaking his head. So when I was asking you, when I was asking you guys last week. How long it will take Ronaldo to score a free kick? This is this is the answer that I wanted. All right, I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you a seven. I don't think he's that okay, terrible. Seven. But okay, seven. You guys are both on seven. Fantastic. Let me just close this out with one more question. We have Kellini, we have Delict, we have Bonucci, we have Demiral, and we have Rogani. Five five central defenders. Okay. Do you guys think that Bonucci defending is he better than Chiellini? Yes or no? No, but okay. but he offers a lot of intangibles, right? It's it's yes the it's no. the commanding, it's a, but it's the commanding of the back lines. It's, it's it's the it's the authority That's also. Fine, right? I don't care. Like overall, is he can he start? Yes, I'm just asking pure defense. Okay, that's it. Sam said no. Farhad, is he better than Chiellini at defending? Absolutely not. Yes or no? Okay, thank you. Next, next up, is he better 
than Demiral at defending, just defending. I don't care about playmaking. I don't care I, about leadership. I haven't seen enough of Demiral. Like, I want to say no, because Demiral probably offers, like, a pure bulldog defense more okay. than more than Chiellini does. Not so right now. Not no. right now. But Okay, so we can say that Demiral, who's maybe the fourth choice, is better at defending than Bonucci. Is Bonucci better than Delict at defending? Just defending. Sincerely, what is defending though? Is it is it physically like, winning the ball or is like, it like, positioning like, oneself? Man marking like um like like Chiellini does. No, no, Delict no. is better. He's a, okay. he's a physically stronger okay. player. I give him an eight two, an eight point two. Okay, so we can all agree that Bonucci simply defending <laughs> is probably the fourth defender. The fourth best defender we have. But when you look at all of the other intangibles, playmaking, leadership, goal scoring, he's, he warrants a starting position. But boy, oh boy, can that dude fucking really, really get walloped one-on-one. He's bad. And we saw he's it. He's bad? Come on. Defending, he's bad. We saw it at Milan. Guys, I'm not. I'm we, not inventing. You're not wrong, but I. Th- but I think. I think. Right after. Right after the Milan spell, I think his confidence was shot to hell, and we saw it when he came back. And it took a little while with his fucking crazy sports psychologist that he uses that makes him that makes him read Shakespeare and do whatever the fuck he does I, before <laughs> he was able to kind of regain his regain his his sense of self. I think. Look. Okay. I I see your point. I see your point. Thank you. On on foot defending. Probably four out of five. Okay. In terms and, of the guy, in terms of the center. I'm gonna I'm I'm leave this. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this open. Uh, you guys can see it on the on the Twitter thing, I think. And you know, listeners, once you listen, if you think I you disagree with me, and I'm and I'm and I'm bananas and I'm crazy, say something. I, I it's my opinion, but I stand a million percent behind it. So like like like. And I just, just I don't mean to circle back to this, but like, so, so, like, where does where does Paulo Dybala rank as a defender? Then Paulo Dybala, did I say Paulo? Excuse me, I meant Paulo Dybala. Where does he rank as a defender? He's a like, could he, could he, could he, could he oh, I know, I know, but like, so let's take someone crazy like, like, versus is, is Dybala. So, where's Dybala on this metric from one to ten versus like a city at chief center back? You know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> what Sam's gone bye bye. If, if Bonucci's a seven. <laughs> If he's a, if he's a no Bonucci's a seven <laughs> defender, he's a seven on ten. Where is I don't know. Let me take an arbitrary. Play. Where is the where is where's um, Mattia Caldara? Random player, first player that came to my mind plays for Atalanta, who's like obviously not as good a a a, a defender overall as as in terms of what he offers as a package than Bonucci. He, he's been he's a, he's a six on ten, and then at that point you have a, you have a center back that is a six on ten. So, he's, so you know what I mean? Is he a six on ten center half or is he a six on ten defender overall? Because Dybala would be like a zero on ten defender. Yeah, okay, my God, I don't know how we got to Dybala, <laughs> who is a striker. Let's not defender. Oh, but. Michael what about Kerr- what about a Serie D center back? Would he, does that make him like a two? Damn, he, is he a two because is, is that why he's in Serie? <laughs> and you can bring me you can bring me on your cultural podcast, and we can talk about all the other defenders of the Serie A. At, the, the at cultural we, podcast at cultural podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And you know, yeah, within is. the team that we cover, which is Juventus, 
Bonucci is arguably one of the least skilled defenders out of all the center backs. I feel like we haven't seen. I feel like we haven't seen the end of this discussion this year. I feel like we might wind up circling. Maybe around. not. Maybe maybe, not. maybe maybe what I'll do is I'll like I'll have to present. I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself here. There's a good chance I forget about this and don't deliver, but, but so don't quote me on this, but if I, I may, maybe I'll have to like formulate my thoughts a little better and come at you with a ranking of like of different players and where they would rank on this one to 10 scale. And if the position you play versus the level you play at uh, can, can, can accurately, um, you know, determine where you are placed on this, on this, on this no, one. I'm going to remind you of that. Yeah. There's the, t- you do that. Yeah, Absolutely. And, and I'm, again, just, I, I leave this open. Okay. My I point is open. I, I told the listeners, if you think my opinion of Bonucci simply as a defensively skilled player, right. You know how you're, you know how you look at all the stats in a player in a video game, you have power, speed, all that bullshit. Defense to me is the lowest on out of the, out of the four starters, technically, that we would have at the, center back, he's the least skilled. You, you, you know what it is? I think I figured out what it is now. That that, that might that might actually that might actually um, repl- replace the need for me to go. And not because I don't want to make this, not because I don't want to come at you with a more with a more uh, with a more um, with a more with a more detailed ranking of how I would how I would place different defenders on the scale. But I think I think a, a good a good point to bring up here is that that might kind of better illustrate what I mean is that what you're defining as, you know, defending in quotation marks is like physical shoulder to shoulder winning of the ball on your feet. But there's a lot more involved, right? For example, like Paolo Maldini, I think he would go games at a time without even tackling anyone because his positioning was so, was so fantastic. And that's the thing with Bonucci. And I'm not going to claim that he has, I'm not, I'm not going to go ahead and claim that he's a great, he's always very well positioned. He often is, but he's been, exposed at times and certainly at Milan was but there's a lot at play when you're a defender right in terms of communication with your with your with your with your opponent with, with your excuse me with your teammates um where you line up how you command your back line going to ground so but you know Giovanni's laughing because because I, I I won't let this go but I really think that he makes up for it in other areas that's why there's no team in the world that would want Leonardo Bonucci on their team even though shoulder to shoulder he's not necessarily like the I, best I'm looking at, I'm laughing because I'm looking at Farhad's face and he's got the face of somebody that he's like and the podcast he's like and no 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 the rooms of public and he's like god Please, no, no. The, the funny thing is, I don't see myself on the video, so like all the reactions you're getting are so genuine. No, I was just saying that Sam may be like the Rain Man of our podcast because he just won't let it go, and I love it because he's just so uh, yeah, focused it's great. on that. Uh, and look, by defending, and I, I'm going to close this, and we are. This, going this to- has to be. This has to be the last question. This has to be the last question. This has been fun. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I mean, what the guys like. Cannavaro did like Nesta did which arguably I cannot say that either of them had Bonucci's playmaking ability but you know Jesus Christ they def- they could defend right so next question at worked up pod um thoughts on Chiesa as a player and an option do you buy the hype would he improve our team I I'll be honest Ugh, fuck. Chiesa I think he's just so far, I think he's been a victim a little bit of the team he's been playing with, but he's also been a little bit of a victim of himself. And 
and when I say that is the chances that he's been given when um, playing in the national team, I don't think he's he's um, fully taken advantage of. Uh, do I think he's got the skills? I think he's got the skills. I, are they hyped up? I think the media does a good job of hyping it up because he's the son of a, of a big Italian national player, Enrico Chiesa. If, if, if there was no Enrico Chiesa before him, I don't think it would have been that as big of a deal. Um, but would he improve our team? I, I can't say that because to me, I don't think we need a player like him and I don't think we need that position to be fulfilled. I think looking at the biggest holes from the issues defensively, I think we need to go find, if, if we really can't trust Fabrata, go find the left back. Go find the left back. He's out on loan at Genoa. Oh my God. No. Farhad, police this, police this guy. I'm not talking <laughs> Pellegrini. I'm not talking Pellegrini this podcast. I swear to God. I'm not talking Pellegrini this podcast. I you just you open the, don't open the door. Don't open the door. He's, he's, he's a general player. This is a human podcast, man. It belongs to us. We pay his wages. I hear you, though. Um, I, <laughs> no, I, I, I do. I do. I do hear you. Chiesa is a, a player who I don't know. I don't know. I actually don't know that I agree that he's hyped up because his father is Enrico Chiesa. I think he's hyped up because. We, we we focus on football in an Italian bubble where, and, and particularly, this is particularly the case um, among Italians abroad outside of Italy who, you know, want nothing more for for Italian, you know, dominance at the world stage. I mean, the, in a lot of ways, people certainly do love the Italian national team in Italy, but not as much as Italians abroad do. It's fucking, it's fucking funny and ironic in that way, but... Maybe it's because of the distance between them and Italy and the fact that they feel it gives them some like attachment to the, to the homeland or to where their parents are from. But regardless, I think in the bubble that we kind of probably read news in uh, and read comments in, there are a lot of English-speaking Italians abroad who love Federico Chiesa because, and hype him up because he's a young Italian. And because we have no one else coming through right now, we haven't for a very long time since the likes of Pippo Inzaghi, Alessandro Del Piero, uh, Francesco Totti, you know, Cristian Vieri, et cetera, et cetera. So what do you do, right? You take the next best thing. You look at who's available. So who's young, who's coming through, who's playing in Serie A? Oh, well, you know, Federico Chiesa is okay. Fantastic. You know, is he the next big thing? Oh, well, I don't know, but he's Italian. He's young. So let's hype him up as if he is. I feel like he's a bit of a victim of that more than anything else. Realistically, he's a fucking very good player, but I don't think he'll be you know, I don't know that he's a world-class player. I don't know that he ever will be. I love, I do, I do like him. I do, I do, I do like the guy too. I mean, he seems like a very down-to-earth guy, but fucking as a player, as a player, I don't know that he is necessarily, I mean, there are rumors that we might be willing to, you know, go for like an Usman Dembele from Barcelona and swap. Douglas you know Costa what I love him. about Sam? <laughs> but, but Dembele's I, a much more I, I love fucking dynamic we're, 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 player. We've been recording for like four or five episodes now. And I love Sam because if you don't stop him, like you literally just watch him go down, the, like dig a deeper hole for himself. He just keeps going. I love you. You're so smart. But like, <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to continue the, the, the thought. It's like, you just, it's so funny how far you can go. But I'm still, I'm, I still have high hopes for Balotelli. I think he's still just uh, in the oh, bad yeah. period. I think, I think he's, 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 he's the young. 
<laughs> he needs totally one more chance, bro. He needs one more chance. He's thirty years exactly. old, bro. He's still, he's still, he's still got ten years left, bro. He's still, he's still, he's still oh, young. Man, I say we. I don't know. Him. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think Kiesa's on the level of a lot of other players his age. I mean, you look at Usman Dembele, who's a very injury-prone player, who's uh, got attitude issues. I think can't even be on time for his fucking life. I, th- I still think he shits all over Kiesa in terms of the type of player he is and the type of dribbler he is. He's closer to being world class. That's the type of player that you should be going for, especially in the market that we have right now, where. Um, it's going to be very difficult to buy players of that talent, especially guys like Dembele who were bought by Barcelona for $100 million. You have a chance to get him for, you know, for a discount, 23 years old, maybe make a stud out of him. Go for it if you can over a guy like Chiesa. I don't think Chiesa would solve much. I don't even know if he'd get into the team. Um, I cannot disagree with what you said. Um, again, I, I, I personally think that just even bringing Chiesa in is like you're just adding more more headaches to headaches. Please, where do we need help? We need help at maybe a, 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 an established, proper, full, round, well-rounded midfielder, size, skill, stamina. Okay, we can agree. We can all agree that we need somebody like that. I don't know who it is. I don't care about talking well about, you know, what the potential profiles are. No, but we can agree on that. And we probably need a left back a proper left back, in addition to Alexandro. If Rabota is not the guy, and if for whatever reason, Pellegrini was not capped. Okay. So last don't, don't mention Pellegrini. Don't mention Pellegrini. Question. Does anyone else think, and this is the second question from Tommy Sankara El Go. Does anyone else think Morata is overrated? This one is for Farhad. By the way, my name is spelled with a D at the end, not the T, but I appreciate it. I appreciate the, <laughs> I appreciate the question. I appreciate the question directed at me. Don't you mean um, Alvarito? Alvarito. Uh, is he overrated? Um, by, by the haters, man. It's all the haters. <laughs> but seriously talking, uh, I, I, don't know what, I don't know what to say, but, you know, let's just wait and see. Um, is he a little m- mentally on the weaker side? Absolutely. And he, it show, he showed yesterday, you know, you think the first game back and, you know, you, know you're, you came back to your beloved club, you would perform a little better? Absolutely. Um, does he need a little bit of time? Definitely. So let's just, let's just wait. You know, it's too early to tell. It's, He's jet lag, bro. He was jet lag. I'm From telling jet you. Lag, bro. He was jet lag, bro. It was a long wait. flight, bro. Mm-hmm. You're all jet, fucking jet lag, bro. Fucking bullshit. Fuck that, bro. Is that um, your character? I cannot say he's that. I cannot say One that. I think we're going to have to see. If he comes back and he performs like he did his two years at Juve, then we're good. If not, then yes, we can see he's overrated. But I think, I think Giovanni was right. You don't really yeah. put a guy like to that be, in to the be first determined. game. You don't, you don't put a guy like that against Roma you know, at an away field, first thing, at like three days after he came back. To be fair, it was an empty Roma stadium. I mean, yeah, the, the thousand fans who made themselves heard, good for them. We, I get it. But I would hardly say we're throwing him to the wolves. He's an experienced player. Like, you, you, you fucking spend 9 million euro, euro on a loan for a guy, you fucking can throw him into the fray. I think the biggest issue is that he just wasn't fit, right? And he, he also, like a lot of the players doesn't really know how we're meant to play yet. 
It's a coach's oh. job. Yeah. You know, so, so that's it. Job. I think the biggest issue is, again, you're coming from Atletico that plays one way to Juventus that plays another. Um, it's going to take some time for him to assimilate the new moves and to make, to, to really just figure out his place. 100%. So anyway. All right, All right guys. Let me, let, me, let me finish up the podcast by uh, giving away a little more information. I know we started kind of um, – kind of jumbled so ways to listen to us again spotify the best way my favorite way i mean not that i listen to our podcast i hate hearing myself on the on tape uh spotify apple podcasts soundcloud and pocket casts which is for android follow our follow my adventures with the turin giants clothing at turin giants both on instagram and twitter and our page um at uve podcast and at Turin Giants podcast on Instagram. I know it's all complicated. If you have any questions, just direct messages on anywhere. Uh, follow Giovanni, follow Sam at Culture Podcast. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're here to, to answer your questions. We're here to engage with our fans. And thank you all for always being on point, sending your questions. And we, you, you, can see, you can see the discussions that your questions bring on. So so keep sending, keep sending awesome them to Giovanni, man. At at Gio Turin Giants, man. No one's gonna shout him out. Giovanni, Giovanni's still new at this. He does. He's, you you got to shout yourself out at any chance you get, bro. At Joe <laughs> Turin Giants, what up? At I, Joe Turin Giants, I, 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 well, I was thinking about what's my name on at Twitter. At Gio Turin Giants, follow him if you enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, what 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 Sam said. This so, this uh, this last uh, question and answer period for more. Cheers. Anyways, that well, was uh, it was fun. Um, it was, uh, you know, I wish we could have been talking about a win, but no problem. You know, we. we I mean, was, let's let's, let's just let's, let's just mention let's just mention Ronaldo's goal again. It's he he hit 450th goal in uh you know top, um, top five leagues or top three leagues, whatever you want to call it. Um, amazing achievement. The goal was great. The goal was the, the the guy who came on. I forget his name. A guy who came on to defend Ronaldo completely crapped to bed and he was just he was basically post posterized uh just looking up at at the, at the beautiful being that's ronaldo uh levitating and um yeah i'm glad i'm glad that pirlo and ronaldo are sort of on the same page as far as we don't want to lose and that's what we saw especially going down to 10 i don't think we mentioned enough that we were down to 10 players and playing a little better than roma did with 11 um that if I were if I were a Roma fan, I'd be really worried because that game could have been put to bed like three times, and they failed to do that, and you know ended up with one point instead of three. Uh, thank you, boys two, and girls, two, for listening. Two weeks in, a lot of positives. Two weeks in, a lot of positives. Definitely, Sorry. literally second game in charge. I I I'll take that, and if that means you know, if that means this is our, you know, our stepping stones slowly, slowly. I, I'll I'll take it. I I really enjoyed the game. All right, let's go break some Napolitan hearts. That's right. Thank you, boys. You guys have a good one. Forza, Forza. Forza.